Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. Good to see you. Thank you for being here today on what could possibly be the hottest day, right? Heat index of 110. That's what they said. Oh, the, the temperature itself. Oh. Well, hope you have a pool or air conditioning, <laughs> right? You could come in here. Yeah, providing it's working. <laughs> when I was a kid, we didn't have air conditioning in our house. We didn't. When I was, when I was a little kid, I, we didn't have it. In fact, we, my mother and father had a window unit in their bedroom, and I don't know what the temperature was for them to then consider that we should be able to sleep on their floor. <laughs> but it wasn't often, just so you know. It had, it had to reach a certain temperature, then we could sleep on their floor. So, anyway. What's that? Go to Walmart. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, all right, let's pray. Uh, we praise you, almighty God, for uh, the greatness of your glory displayed to us. Uh, through creation, uh, through your word, and of course, your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. Send forth your spirit upon us and within us. Open our minds and our hearts, for we want to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, European story, week two, favorite meal. Our favorite meal was at the home of the daughter of the people I stayed with when I was in high school. So uh, we we met up with people that my sister and I lived with when we were in high school. And their daughter, probably between my sister and I, our ages, and they had us over for dinner. And it was uh, classic. I don't, I don't know what the meat was. I think it was pork. Some kind of pork dish with cabbage. He made the cabbage with red wine and apples. And potatoes, although they had a big discussion, the, their children wanted rice. And I, could, I heard the dad say, we're giving them an Irish dinner. <laughs> so we had potatoes. It was interesting, the presentation they put, it was in a bowl. It wasn't on a plate. It was a wide bowl. It was all kind of there, and it was delicious. Even the boys will say that was one of their top favorite meals. So... And it's also was kind of neat to be with, you know, I knew her name is Orla. Uh, so I was 14. She was probably, at the time, 17 or 18. I've not seen her since. She looks exactly the same, just so you know. And, uh, but to see her children and for her to see, you know, it's one of those moments like, look, look what we've done since we've not seen each other, you know. Her one son we didn't meet is in, was in Japan on an internship. One of the things that this is from them. Irish love to do is travel, get new experiences. So he was doing an internship in Japan. And they have a daughter named Ifa, who um, is at university there. And then they have a daughter named Emma, who is, I think, would be equivalent of our ninth grade, who is a piece of work. I said, so what do we sound like to you? So Emma goes, you sound like this. <laughs> really? We do? Really? So then we were trying to... Jack was trying to say how we sounded then, which I thought was funny, too. So, anyway. So, there you go. Irish story for the day. Uh, we have a book 
uh, a book club book coming up in August. Here's the information for you. Uh, August pick. It's called Daring Greatly. The books are $11 each. Evidently, we're doing it on the trust system. (laughs) So you can put your $11 in and take the book. Okay? Um, Or you could borrow it for a while. All right? Um, So take a look. If you can only read part of the book, that's fine. If you don't get to the book but you want to hear the discussion, come to it as well. Um, It'll be great. So remember that as well. Okay? So we're, we're in this series of prayer, and on Wednesdays, what we're striving to discover are um, the ways that God is leading us uh, to pray according to the scriptures. And so far, what we've, what we've seen over the last two th- weeks is that perhaps our prayer life uh, and the prayer life that God has sort of revealed to us in scripture might be not always be balanced, right? That on some level, our prayer life tends to be about desire and wishes. And we neglect sometimes to think that perhaps a foundational part of our prayer life should be salvation and uh, obedience to God. Think about how many times in your prayer life you say, Lord, let me be, let me be obedient to you today. You, and you might. Some of you may be doing it here. Uh, but I think that's sort of what we're beginning to see. So today's text, we actually touched on the text when we did the Know God series. It was one of the texts that we put out to you, but we did not study it in detail. So we're going we're gonna to get a little more detailed. That's going to be Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. But before we get to that, um, I want to ask you a question and have you share. Remember, Larry is here. Larry has the microphone. The microphone is not about you. The microphone is about our online folks, which are glad you're here with us today as well. Um, so uh, I'm always interested in this. Uh, when, when do you remember your earliest memory of knowing God? So, so, yeah, of knowing God. Your, your, your first, like, oh, that's, that's God, right? Um, I'm curious, uh, many of you were baptized as infants, I'm sure, some not, um, and you could make a case that your knowledge of him was dependent on him in that moment. What's an earliest recollection you have of knowing God? We're going to start with Carol Dobler over there first. I went to St. Peter's Lutheran School. So first grade, I was really introduced to God. I bet you were. Yeah. (laughs) Five times a week, right? (laughs) Twice a day. Wow. All right. Okay. Linda? I grew up in the Baptist church, Southern Baptist, and I was baptized at age six. Okay. And I really had the miraculous feeling when, of course, you were immersed yeah. under the water and back up. You did. You remember that moment of, wow. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, Gene, wait for the mic. You were going to wait, I know. I wasn't. I wasn't going <laughs> to say anything. Oh, um, the earliest time I, I can remember is uh, walking home from school, grade school. It was dark. And I'm walking through the alley because it's a shortcut. 
and I'm scared of the dark. Yeah. And, you know, I just reminded myself, Jesus is right here next to me, mm. and everything was fine. Yeah. So that, you know, really felt his presence. Yeah. Great. Someone else? When's the earliest recollection you have of knowing God? I think for me, uh, it would would probably be middle school, as I'm remembering. There were stories of elementary school. I I remember being in the pageants, Sunday school pageants and things like that. But probably a middle school youth group at the church where you really began. And I was also going to a Lutheran school at that time. I hadn't been up until that point. And so I was getting it every day, too. Um, and, uh, but it was probably the supplementing of the youth group where it would became more a practical thing for me, you know? Um, and then of course, I think you all know my high school story. So that, that would have been more my aha moment. Oh, not only do I know him, but I'm, that looks like I'm working for him. <laughs> Alex. I actually can't remember when I didn't know God because mm. our family always went to church. I remember getting getting my nickel in my hand to take to church and put yeah. in the offering. I remember, yeah. you know, we always prayed before dinner. We always prayed at night before bed. So I don't really ever remember not knowing God. Okay, great. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Carol, th- that, is, that is so missed today. Um, and it's something that we continually strive to, to press upon parents, um, the importance of the home and faith life in the home and creating a system in the home of that faith life, prayer, worship, right? It, uh, if, if we don't have the home support, uh, well, we know statistically that if mom and dad aren't on board, the faith life of that child will wane away, um, typically. There's a few exceptions where a, a pastor or a church can kind of win them through, you know. Yeah, Carol. Yeah, kind of, well, my, with my dad. Pastor's kid, Carol, yeah. Pastor's kid. <laughs> you know, from day one. There wasn't in any time that didn't have a presence of God. But yeah. I think I even rebelled a little bit when I was young because I was fed it. Right. So really hitting after you. Mm-hmm. And I saw, and I went, I went to one of the laws. That's what my dad wants to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's the benefit of some of those, you know, our kids just got back from the National Youth Gathering. And I've always thought that one of the benefits of the National Youth Gathering is for a child to see 25,000 other children who are going through their same experience, right? Regardless of what else they hear, they're seeing other kids that they're not alone. This isn't the only place, you know, that type of thing. And, and then of course it's um, quadrupled when a Harry Grimes gets up and gives a testimony to um, who God has been in his life, you know, and, the, the essence of Harry's testimony was, I don't know why my dad died and had to die at that age. And then my brother, I don't know why he had to die at that age. 
uh, and I may never know, but I will rely on the promises of God even in those times. Right? And what I appreciated most about Harry's testimony was he didn't try to make something up that he didn't feel or know. Right? He, in essence, said, I don't know, but here's what I do know. You know? And then uh, Max, you know, Max played this character named Carl, and um, if you watch the video without the essence of the gathering, you might think, what is this all about? Um, but it caught on fire. I mean, uh, even Max said yesterday, he says, I was overwhelmed by how everyone responded to this. I didn't expect it. I mean, there are 20,000 kids chanting Carl, and they started a... They started a Facebook and a social media petition to bring him back. Max got back to his hotel, to thought he was done, and the gathering people called him and said, you're on again tomorrow. We've had so many people talk about it. And I had a couple of friends of mine who are in youth ministry write me and say, you know, of course, nice things. Some of them have known Max since before he was born, you know, some of my friends. And they, they said... One one of my friends in California wrote and said the highlight for them was Carl. And they were talking about it. She was talking to him about it and said, tell me about that. And the, the essence of Carl is if this mighty God who made the heavens and the earth and uh, the universe made Carl. And the kids, for them, it was an aha, like, and he made me. I'm I'm Carl kind of thing. And it just caught fire there. You know, they, there's a petition to bring him back in 2020. Uh, 2022. All right. I liked his first comment. I forgot my toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he also told me that uh, when he looked down, he, you know, he pretended his lines. He actually had his lines written on his hand because <laughs> he was... You know, when you don't speak in front of 25,000 people, it's a little nerve-wracking, you know. Uh, so, but again, that what are we saying here? The, the power of community, um, the, the, the power of the church. The, to, me, the, to me, one of the best things the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate does is that youth gathering um, nationally, right? And, uh, but that concept, and w- this is one thing I hope to then connect with those kids in the next couple of weeks, that the concept of the National Youth Gathering takes place every Sunday here, right? The essence of what the gathering is trying to achieve, which is we are the body of Christ. We are united in his love, and we have purpose to, in serving him and serving each other. That's the essence of church and community, right? Uh, now, do we ha- are we in Viking Stadium, <laughs> you know, with a big band and... Or a big orchestra there, you know, they had a traditional worship service too. Uh, so kind of, um, uh, on our level, you know. By the way, you know, I asked them, why didn't you blow the horn, right? The Vikings horn. If anyone was a football fan, when the Vikings play, they start out by, there's a big Viking horn. One million dollars to blow the horn. That's a great, <laughs> that's right. And the other thing is, you know, they have an open stadium. But there's shades that close over the glass. Uh, so Gail had asked, one of our friends was in the stage crew, why didn't you all just close the shades? A million dollars to close the shades. Click. Ooh, you know, doesn't make sense. Anyway, 
thank you for sharing those things. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. So one of the aspects of our prayer life should be praying for spiritual strength. That the Spirit uh, of God would uh, not only strengthen us in our daily lives, but also strengthen us in our own spiritual lives, in our knowledge of God. So I'm going to read it for you for the folks who may be watching online or who are watching later. Listen for it. And um, I'm, I always like to start out with what you hear, uh, what what speaks to you in this passage. Don't worry, we're going to go through it verse by verse. Uh, but I'm curious of what spoke God is speaking to you as you hear it. So Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. This was the text at uh, No God. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm going to read the next part, although it's not in our study tonight. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, it's relevant to our text to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Of course, that text there, we love to say at church, especially when we're trying to convince you to do something hard or scary, <laughs> right? All right, what did you hear? What did you hear in that? It's Yeah, Jim, it's funny. I... We just did, we looked at the piece of this a couple months ago, and I actually heard something different this time than last time. Interesting enough. Yeah, Jim. The verse 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I mean, we, a lot of times we tend to think that in our modern world we have access to everything and can find it on the Internet and all that. But this says the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge doesn't matter where you get the knowledge, it's above that, yeah. beyond. Can't mm -hmm. even comprehend it. Right. Good. Yeah. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what that means to you. Why? Why that connects to you? <clears throat> it's a long story, Pastor. All right. I envy those of you who were raised in faith. I was not. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long journey. Yeah. So your rooting is newer. Right. <laughs> okay. And we're going to get into that root, rooting concept. Uh, John. I've always looked at uh, verses 20 and 21 as a beautiful benediction. Absolutely. Right. A beautiful benediction. Uh, and to center us, kind of connecting to what Jim had said earlier, right? Um, we, we tend to limit our 
our faith and our spiritual life and our and our concept of God based on us. And we might give him some leeway to be able to do a little more than we can comprehend, but if it's too much more than we can comprehend, then it's out of realm for us. And the, that benediction is uh, to him who can do much more than we can think, immeasurably more than we can think, um, is a good reminder to us that uh, we're in the hands of God. Now, let's apply some of the things we've already learned. What we have to be careful of is requiring God to be, to be convinced that that immeasurably more is what we say it is. Or what we say it isn't. Right? And that's tough. That's, that's quiet prayer, I would suggest to you. That's listening prayer. Um, Lord, I know I want to do this. Lord, I know I think I know I know this is the right thing. Do you? Let me rest on that. Let me be quiet and listen for you to to guide me in that. Let me read some more on that. And uh, and I don't. I think I, I know. I told you this. You know, I struggled with with building the vision together at first. I I wrestled with that. Is this the right thing to do? And that was my prayer. I, look, I'm all for growing. <laughs> That shouldn't be a surprise to you. But is this the right time and the right thing? And in that, I believe God led us to ask a lot of right questions. It, the process slowed down. And in that, we were able to listen and discover to a point now where I feel, personally, I feel convicted that not only is the right thing to do, but God is leading us in this, right? Now, will it look exactly like the pictures out there or have I picture it in my head? If God was wise, it would, right? No, no, no. That's up to him, ultimately. But whether we go forward with it, that was a, that's, that's an, for me, that was an immeasurably more. That I had to ultimately say, all right, God, if you're sure, you know. My prayer to God always has been in, in, in that is, uh, you stop it when it's done. You'll let us know when it's done, or if it's no. As you were reading that, I was following along in the message. You know, yeah. I, I like the way the message puts yeah. it sometimes. And, and you know, the end of that paragraph is talking about the dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Test the length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Yeah, I like that. You know, kind of push the envelope. Right. Yeah. If it's immeasurably more... Right? Stop measuring it. <laughs> right? Yeah, Larry. Back to what uh, Jim said. I just read a book, and it was talking about we live in an era where everybody believes everything has to be understood. You know, with enough money and enough time, we can find the answer to anything. And there are some things from God that are just essential. I mean, you can't understand baptism. You can't understand communion. You can't understand the body and blood being there. Um, you can study that. You can spend all the money you want. You'll never get the answer. Or you'll only get it through God. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good thought. And I can't tell you, Larry, how many times I have people in my office that I'm giving counsel to that are not on non-spiritual things, right? Not those things, but just life in general, where, where I'm having to advise them, um, the answer that you're wanting may never be that answer, right? Or 
some things just don't make sense. And how do we get you to a point where you can accept that this isn't going to make sense to you, right? And that you can still live, right? Um, so, yeah, there are those spiritual things which, um, you know, thank God for Luther in, in helping us uh, be able to accept the mysteries of God and, and to be able to say as part of our, of our church culture that, that there are mysteries of God that are not meant to be revealed to us. And we don't say that as an excuse. We don't say that as uh, we don't want to figure it out. There's, there's plenty of books on the Eucharist. There's plenty of books on baptism. Uh, but in the end, I think any writer, any theologian worth, worth their salt will have somewhere in there about the mystery of those events. Right? I hope. <laughs> At least the ones that we like. Right? <laughs> um, and so, and look, and by the way, on the other end of that, look how, look how many books there are on loss. Look, look how many writings there are on um, living a happy life. There's still these life mysteries that, that, that people struggle with. And sometimes we have to say, God, we go back to Harry Grimes, right? We say, God, I don't know why or how or when, but I know you. I'm going to cling to you, right? And one other exercise I often tell people is, you know, in, in your spiritual journeys, when you're having those hard days, when you're having those times of struggle, when you're having those times of doubt, that's when you think back to those days in school, right? That's when you think about that alleyway. Uh, that's when you think about the times you never, that you always had God, right? And you look at those times and say, okay, today I don't see it, but I've got a whole history of when I did. Or a short history of when I did, but I know what my life feels like now versus before, right? That's sometimes what we have to cling to. All right, so Paul's writing the Ephesians. Uh, you, you may remember, I'm not going to say that anymore because you, whether you're here or not doesn't matter. Paul is writing about access to God here and how we get access to God. And that, that, ex, that, that access comes through Christ. This is his overall point, right? That, that once we did not have access to God, but now that the Messiah has come, we now have full access to him. And then he's giving this beautiful uh, prayer, if you will. But I would suggest to you that it could also be an encouragement for prayer. For this reason, verse 14, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So let's just pause here for a moment. Um, What, what is Paul showing you here in that very first verse that we read? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Carol? We immediately have a relationship with God from the very beginning. Okay, yeah. He's showing by his example... That because of Christ, he can come before the Father. Yeah. Linda? It says in the Lutheran Study Bible on footnotes, it says the normal Jewish and early Christian posture for a prayer was standing. So, so it says kneeling for prayer suggests submission and worship. Hmm. Far be it for me to argue against the Lutheran Study Bible. No. <laughs> yeah, Claire? 
I mean, I had never paused on that verse, but it's making me think about when he was in um, Athens and he's, mm. and he's speaking to pagans right. and talking about their art and their statues and stuff. But he's talking about how every family, every tribe has gone to some place God put them to be so that then they would seek to know him. Mm. And, and I'm wondering, you know, I mean, he's, he's doing a universality of the gospel. Yeah, I, I think he could be. Yeah. I also go back to that, um, that, that every knee will bow and every tongue confess, right? I, I think here, uh, and I'm using modern perceptions of Paul to, to tell you where I am on this, which is Paul is often seen as arrogant. He's also often seen as overconfident, uh, bossy, um, intolerant, <laughs> uh, chauvinistic, uh, all kinds of things. Um, here, in this moment, uh, I, we see Paul give us an example of humble obedience to God. Uh, his r- rooted conversion is also short compared to some of these other disciples of Christ. And so he, I believe, I believe in, with my whole heart, often looks back to that Damascus road. I really believe he does. And so for him, when he comes before the Father, it's a, it's a time of awe and humility. And he's availing himself on behalf of his people, petitioning before the throne of God. Right? Um, uh, I will say, regardless of the, whether we get pews or not in the new building, I do miss kneelers. I grew up with kneelers in my church. And... Uh, a good early portion of my life, those kneelers were footrests for me while I was sitting in church, <laughs> right, as a child. But as I got older, I missed that opportunity uh, to, to do that. Um, so Paul, uh, uh, Carol said it first. Paul is showing us, indeed, we have access to the Father. Uh, the people of Christ um, can come to him and lay their petitions before him. Um, I also think it's interesting that um, uh, most examples, if not all examples of prayer, are directed to who? The Father. Sometimes we get into a challenge. I mean, it's okay if you pray to Jesus, and ultimately, semantics, they're all one, right? But it's our Father who art in heaven. It's the Father who is in heaven hearing our prayers, and we're bending uh, our knees, right? By the way, right before this, oh, I'm sorry, Jim, I didn't see you had it, but hold on one second. Let me just finish this one thought. Right before this, he's concerned for them. He's concerned that the suffering and the, um, the challenges of being a Christian in an anti-Christian world will be harmful to them and be too burdensome from them and that they'll lose hope, that they'll lose strength, that they'll give up. Um, so that's another aspect of why he's getting down on his knees on their behalf. Jim. I, I think the verse 14 starts out for this reason, and I, that takes me back to the first 13 verses of that chapter, which starts out for this reason also. But uh, he talks about how, and, and obviously he was certainly not, 
uh, man of God when he started. He was persecuting the church. And then he says uh, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. And then in verse 7, it says, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. Verse 9, to bring light for everyone. So, you know, so it goes on and on. He's just reflecting over where he was and where God has brought him. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And I, I, I warn you that this next statement is probably beyond the scope of what the, the, the text is saying. Um, good friend of mine in New York, pastor, whenever he teaches Bible study, he is, he is very protective of the text, rightly so. If it, uh, he, he will not allow people to assume what the text says, which is probably a good thing but I'm going to assume something for a minute. (laughs) Um, I love this imagery, and Jim, you've set it up greatly with your comment there, um, that this visual of Paul on his knees on the road to Damascus where he knows God, and now this visual of I'm I'm getting on my knees again, just like I did then, so that you may know God in the way that I know him, right? I, I love that. Again, it doesn't say that here. I just love that imagery. Uh, that'd be more for a sermon, I guess, right? Um, so then in rabbinical thought, the angels constituted the family above. So Paul might be saying here, from whom the home family in heaven, so all the angels and the archangels and on earth, us, you and me, is named. So uh, uh, we all belong to the Father. And we petition these prayers. Paul, Paul directs his prayer on behalf of those who have become members of his family in Christ. Those whose reception of the spirit of, his, of the son is made evident by their calling him uh, Abba, Father. I have a text here for you. Galatians 4, 6. I'm going to read to you. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Right, Abba is an endearing term for father, dad, or daddy. And we learned that um, the Spirit indeed dwells within us and groans on our behalf with, with intercessions uh, that we can't even speak for ourselves. Um, so then we get to verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit. (laughs) Don't you love this? In your inner being. If I knew German well, I would tell you the German word for gut. Because it's a good, like, (laughs) word, right? Um, And uh, President Harrison, the president of the Church of Missouri Senate, he knows it and he likes to say it a lot. Uh, (laughs) And he says it well, but he's got a big mustache that looks German too, right? So uh, here, what we're seeing is this prayer is for your, uh, I want you to go beyond, I want you to go beyond inner being as some like my heart, which it is in your depths, way in there, right? He prays that they may receive an inward endowment of the Holy Spirit, who will then in turn Be their spiritual strength. Remember, our spiritual strength is not from us. How could it be? We'll give up too quickly. (laughs) It is in 
Christ our Lord, whose spirit lives in us. So that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power of his spirit in your inner being. Interesting here. What is glory? That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you. So he's connecting riches and glory. So do you have an idea of what I'm asking you a question that I have an answer to, but I want to hear your thoughts before I give it. What do you think glory may be? Do, 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 Claire, hold on. I was singing, and the glory. You knew that, right, Caroline Peter? Well, I'm thinking of Old Testament, the the Shekinah glory of God that would rest, I mean, his, you know, his tabernacling of himself on that tabernacle on the temple moses face glowing when he'd come out from it yeah so you're right incredible presence of god beyond anything i can imagine correct the 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 glory of god here is the entire essence of who he is the culmination of everything god uh that that is about god so so you know i always love to slow you down a little bit this here glory, right, we, we, we'd rather talk about riches. <laughs> we'd rather talk about strength. But what Paul is saying here is that according to the entire essence of God and all that God is, he may grant you, in essence, a portion of that, his spirit in your inner being. And by the way, because glory is the total essence of who he is, it's inexhaustible. Think about that for a moment. It's it's God here we're talking about. So the glory of God is inexhaustible. So let's read it again. That according to the entire essence of God, which never ends, which which goes beyond all the bounds of anything we would ever know or experience, may he grant you the strength for the power of his spirit in your inner being. So because his resources are inexhaustible, (laughs) I love this, he cannot be impoverished by sharing them with his children. That's from the commentary. I wish I'd said it, but I put it in quotes because I didn't say it. If I say something, if I write something that I think might be someday profound, I put my initials by it, so hopefully my kids will look back when I, you know, when I, or my great-grandchildren and say, oh, we can't read his handwriting, but we think it says this, you know. Um, so think about that for a moment. Think about that in your spiritual journey and in your prayer for spiritual strength. You're petitioning to the God whose, whose essence and power and glory are inexhaustible and therefore never runs out and therefore to the benediction, John, That's why with boldness we can say, now to him who is able to do far more than we, right? All that, because we're talking about God here. And Paul is helping define the parameters of who this God is as we come to him. So consider the challenge, right? To understand God, to know God, seems impossible on our own. Therefore, because God loves you, because God cares for you, because he desires relationship with you, He gives you his spirit. So last week, he gives you his spirit to help you pray. This week, he gives you his spirit to help you know him more. And again, knowing him is not Google. 
Jim, right? It's not uh, World Book Encyclopedia. <laughs> Remember those? Um, it's not based on your understanding or your feeling. It's based on who he is and what he reveals to us. And that, that's the other comfort that I have often, especially when I have new Christians or, or people who are struggling with faith. And when they're really struggling with this book here, the Bible, I believe it's appropriate to say um, all that God has desired for us to know about him has been revealed here. But I don't believe everything there is to know about God is solely contained here. That's awfully limiting to God, isn't it? (laughs) Don't you think? Right? So inner being... Uh, I went to the gut, but I also want you to hear this. Um, Some would say that that inner being is the new creation uh, that has been given to you through your baptism and certainly, most importantly, through the death and resurrection of Christ. So that inner being is that new life you have in Christ. And, And by the way, that's certainly what he's reminding the Ephesians of. You've been given new life in Christ. I don't want that new life to be harmed in any way. So know that the glory, the the inexhaustible glory of God is yours. His spirit lives in you, and it's deep within you. It's it's in that new life that you have. So think about if you're just hearing this for the first time. uh, You might want to say, if you're Paul, don't think about this before you knew Christ. It may not make sense to you. Think about it now that you have Christ. See what I'm saying? For some of us, that's hard because we've only known Christ, right? I mean, I guess I could say the same thing. I've only, I lived in a Christian home and I knew Jesus, right? Um, but there are some people who, who thankfully can witness to us and say, I remember life without Jesus. It wasn't great. Or it was, it was really great at first, <laughs> right? And then dot, 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 or here I am now, and I can see the benefits of Christ in my life. 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. I'm going to stop there because I love this rooted portion here. Um, So here what we learn is the ministry of the Spirit um, is devoted to making the presence and the power of the risen Christ real and uh, uh, real to those he indwells. Think about that for a moment. So, so one of the purposes of the Spirit of God is to moment by moment reveal to you the power and the authority of the risen Christ in your lives. Uh, so a prayer that, that Christ continues to dwell in our hearts and supply spiritual strength for the day and for the journey, the destination we're on, is an appropriate prayer. And now you can, you can connect that prayer to Paul here. You can say, Lord, your glory is insurmountable. May your spirit dwell in me today as I journey on to that great destination to my heavenly home. May I know you more today, and may the presence of Christ motivate me and guide me and support me and lead me uh, all the days of my life. Romans 8 10 to 11. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit 
gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So, uh, two aspects of life there. The first aspect of life is your daily life, right? Because the Spirit of God is dwelling in your inner being, you have life, the life of Christ in you. So some of you may be tired today. Some of you may be worried today. Some of you may just be complacent today. Some of you may be joyful today. Some of you may be getting hungry because you got up at 5 and it's, you're hungry and you had the sugary cereal instead of the healthy brand muffin, and it's gotcha, right? Um, wherever you are, what would happen in our daily li- living if we were able to pause and say, wait a minute, I have life in me. I'm a new creation, and the Spirit dwells in my inner being. Uh, Lord, I need to feel that Spirit. Right? I have life in me. And by the way, no one can take that life away from you. Uh, so rejoice. The other aspect of life, of course, is eternal life. That, that not only are you rooted in Christ who gives you life today, uh, he has secured your life forever. And I understand, you know, uh, uh, the manner of our death can be scary. The, the, the nature of thinking about the unknown can be overwhelming. Uh, I sent a guide out for the planning of uh, uh, the celebration of, of life, right? Now, I have not gotten one paperback, <laughs> right? Now, it could be your time where you could be like, I could see some people going, I'm not talking about this now, you know. Um, wherever you are on that, I'm just trying to be helpful, okay? I pray that you all live to be 310 if you want to be 310, but I imagine what that will look like, right? <laughs> but I know where your future is because you're rooted in Christ. So a destination that matters as we're on that destination, as we're pressing on toward the prize of that heavenly call, we rely on the life that God has secured for us in Christ our Lord. That's a promise that we have and we live by. One of my favorite phrases ever from one of my non-Christian friends was, you know, you know what gets me about Christians is all you're ever talking about is uh, is heaven. He says, I think you're all Christians because you you all want to go to heaven. And I remember looking at him going, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you on that. Yeah. Uh, that's part of who we are. I'm not going to apologize. But we're not going to have a debate about that. Yeah. Um, so that led to a deeper conversation. But, yeah, that's part of what it is. Our rootedness is is the life that we have in Christ. So to be rooted and built up in Christ is to be rooted and well-founded in the love of Christ. And in turn, then we show that love to others. Right? That, Paul gets to that too. Because we know, we know from 1 John, and we know from other places in Scripture that um, you can't have Christ and not have love. Right? Because God is love. So those connect to. So the last part of that rootedness is you are rooted in the love of God. I We have in our backyard um, still some roots from trees that we had taken down 
years ago. Noah was at the youth gathering, and the lawn had to be mowed. So I called Noah's business partner and said, uh, can you help me get Noah's ride? Don't tell Noah. I'm going to take his riding mower down because I'm not going to push the mowing when I have a riding mower there. And um, uh, a little tough on the suspension, just so you know. Uh, I think I told you that I fell down a flight of steps in London. And uh, so it's a little tender down here. So I'm on that riding mower. <laughs> this was not a good idea, you know. Uh, but the one thing that, that Michael said, his business partner said is, don't run over the roots. I'll get them with the weed whacker because you'll ruin the, the blades. Those, and he said, because those roots are still deep and strong. The trees aren't even there. Then I thought to myself, I know, I thought for sure I paid that company to grind those roots out. That's where I went to. I didn't go to the spiritual moment right away. I think I got swindled by this company. That's what I think I did. Uh, but that's the nature of the rootedness, right? That's the nature of the rootedness. All right. You may, uh, being rooted and grounded in love, right? That's the love part. May have, here comes the genes part. Gene, I'm going to have you read this again from your, your version may have strength to comprehend. So he's prayed for knowledge, and now we know what that knowledge he hopes will reveal to you. Bless you. It may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. Let's stop there for a minute. Gene, read yours again, please. That verse, 18. You have to read it again now. Oh, the I'm sorry. I'll read it again. <laughs> I got excited. Um, reach out and experience the breadth. Test the length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. I love that. So the outcome of this spiritual indwelling, this spiritual strengthening, is to grasp the revelation of God's love more completely. <laughs> Here's the paradox all the while realizing you never will. But, but that's the, the beauty of the paradox, is that you can always strive for that because it is so vast and so great. So test it. Press it. It's deeper and longer and higher than, than, you, than your greatest imagination. So, so go ahead, right? And by the way, we get a little of this from Job. Job 11, 8 to 9, they are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you do? This, their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Right? So, so even there, they're trying, to, they're trying to give this imagery of here's what we know. We, and by the way, they didn't even know the depths of the sea really then, right? But, but they could say, here's the sea as we know it. It's, it's wider than that. Here's the earth. Because we all know it's flat, right? Uh, <laughs> that's what we're living in. Uh, and so maybe they thought it was round and it eventually got flat. I don't know. But their, their, their boundaries uh, were limited. And even there in the Old Testament, they're describing it beyond those, those measures, if you will. So the divine wisdom um, is a mystery uh, that ultimately we don't come to fully know, but we seek as the people of God. Here's what we do know, uh, that Christ has made known to us the mystery of God and what we're to know about it. 
Go back to verse 9 of chapter 3. Uh, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Right? Uh, so can you go to Carol, please, Larry? So the mystery, of course, we would say today is the mystery of salvation. Is the mystery of God's love for his people and how he will secure for us that love for eternity and restore to us a relationship with him. And that mystery then is revealed in Christ. What does Christ reveal to us? Christ reveals to us that God doesn't hate you. Christ reveals to us that God has a deep and rich eternal love for you and desires to be in relationship with you even though you don't deserve it. How exciting. Right? Yeah. How exciting to pause for that in a moment um, and say, wow, you know, um, the, the boys were. T- <laughs> oh, well, I'll just say it. the boy we're live streaming. But the boys were telling me that they didn't overly love the president of the Lutheran Church's sermon at the youth gathering because of some of the tone he was using. And I think I know what he was trying to achieve. Uh, but the way he, the way they said he they heard it was, he said, uh, "You're all losers. You know, all do stupid things." Uh, of course, he got to, but but God loves you and He forgives you and He cares for you, right? Which, in essence, is what we it's the essence of what we talk about every week. Maybe you could say a little differently, like we all are, include yourself, that kind of thing. And if you're watching, sir. You know, call me. I'm happy to advise you Um, (laughs) on a number of things, frankly. Um, You know, uh, again, that's all in the eyes of I wasn't there and the hearer. But but I'm not saying I agree or disagree with what he did. But but sometimes we have to remember that that is ultimately that was our future. Right. As hard as it is to hear that. But the mystery of Christ has revealed that he's not going to, in Christ, is that he's not going to hold us again. Now, could we say things differently in a bunch of high school kids? Probably, right? So, uh, Greg, while you're getting there, the disclosure of the mystery is the heritage of all the people of God who are in fellowship with one another through Christ. Greg. The example you've given about the, about the servant at the youth gathering, I think in contrast to that, Paul knows what his audience is and what they're feeling in this. And he speaks to it when he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted in ground and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend the mysteries and size and breadth and depth of the love and, and that through faith and that love being rooted deeply within you, you understand that and don't have to be able to measure it. Well, f- fair enough. There comes a point of people of faith who say um, uh, it's so wide and so deep. Um, back to Harry again, right? I just I'm riding the train here. I'm I'm going to ride the wave um, because it it overflows within me now, right? Um, there's also something here that I think is valuable. Um, and since I'm already getting in trouble, I'll just continue it, which is. Again, here, here we hear that the fellowship of God, the fellowship of Christ's people is not denominational, which we often uh, will fall back on in our differences with other denominations. 
But but even Paul is saying here, right, that we may know the strength that we may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness uh, of God. Uh, that we may have the strength with all the saints, right? And that, that connects us then to a wider family of faith. Um, look, we do have differences, and in some cases we need to work out those differences and have, I think, courageous conversations about them. But our unity with Wellspring is not our denominational differences. Our unity is that Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. And we should be able to celebrate that together and 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 worship that together and pray that together, right? Um, or at least acknowledge, you're my brothers and my sisters, just like the people at 8 are and 9.30 are and 11 are. I, I'm all, I don't have a problem with saying I'm an 8 o'clock or a 9.30, I'd much rather you say I'm a king of glory right? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a member of this faith family. And yeah, some of us get up early and some of us get up late, like any other home, right? Some of us like classical music. Some of us like rock. It's like any other home, right? So let me just finish here because we're done. It is impossible to grasp the divine purpose in all of its dimensions without knowing the love of Christ. So, Jim, to your point earlier, uh, you can't Google it. You can't buy it. But you do need, uh, you do need the lens of the love of Christ for that comprehension to begin. If you don't have the love of Christ, none of it's going to make sense. Therefore, the mystery has been revealed to you, Christ, so that you can have. Both knowledge and love are mutual here. Uh, in both, it is God through Christ who takes the initiative. So again, it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of grace. You have this because God desires for you to have it. Larry. You can also add you can't love if you don't know you're loved. Yeah, that's right. I love you, Larry. Sure. Make sure you know. Okay. Okay, we're out of time. Sorry. Uh, thank you. Good. Thank you for sharing your stories and good discussion today. And President Harrison, we love you too. Um, make sure you sign the attendance sheet if you want to get a book for the book club. It'll be here next week too. If you want to do that too. If you think you might be able to help serve with Vacation Bible School, we could use some more volunteers. Uh, that would be great. You can you can tell the church office today. Uh, also. Um, the consignment sale, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit on Sunday. We're doing, we've changed how we're going to do the consignment sale. We usually do it twice a year. We decided to try to do once a year in August, all seasons, use every space we have. So we'll need some help with that too. That'll be bigger than we normally do. So we'll need that too. Let's pray. Almighty God, gracious King, all glory and praise to you this day uh, for your love revealed to us in Christ our Lord. We pray today for ourselves for this congregation, for all Christendom, that indeed, Lord, we may be strengthened through your spirit, that that spirit would dwell in our inner being, so that with all the saints we may comprehend the breadth and the length and the height and the depth to know your love shown to us in Christ and the fullness of that love given to us through the power of your spirit. So, Almighty God, we pray that to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power work within us, to you be glory in the church and, of course, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.